Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I'm undergoing clinical trials in order to reduce my sentence for watching Netflix original programming. Uh, and I am a dollar store version of John Cusack that has to share screen time with uh, one of the handsomest men in the universe. Yeah, yeah, he does actually look like John Cusack. That is that is true. I never made that connection until right now, but yeah. Uh, how are you, friend? I'm all right. Uh, it's Father's Day, so it's uh, your favorite day of the year. Yeah, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, I got to enjoy my day and that it didn't just like go to get milk and then uh i lost the day completely i don't know nothing else really we, we, we're dog sitting for our uh or ashley's boss's dog again and uh i i've taken her to the the park a couple times to to walk her in the outside where uh only bad things can happen but i've done it anyway and it's been nice yeah usually when something bad happens it's it's outside of my house so that's what I'm saying. Confirmation bias has only told me that everything bad happens outside my house, so that's why I stay in it. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, how am I doing? I'm I'm doing fine. Uh, I don't know. I I wanted to get out of my hotel for a bit today, so I went and watched the Bob's Burgers movie, or uh, as I like to call it, the Bob's Burgers really long episode. Yeah, that's, I mean, that seems to be most show or most movies based on a show. They're really long, really long shows. I mean, look at the Pokemon movies. Fucking mm-hmm. complete nonsense, just like the the regular episodes. Well, like, the Simpsons movie was, uh, I don't know, like, it was basically a really long episode, but it, like, it felt like they kind of stepped it up a bit. So I haven't, I haven't watched the last few seasons of Bob's Burgers. I just kind of fell off from it. But, like, the movie seems like just a long-ass episode of the show. But at, at the very least, it didn't have what the Aqua Teen movie had, which is that it was entertaining for uh, about as long as a normal episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force is uh, 11 minutes. True. But uh, I liked it. Yeah, it, at least uh, an episode of at least an episode of Bob's Burgers is uh, twice that, so it has at least uh, that amount of time to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it uh, spawned a, a discussion with my wife where, you know, basically we decided that that she's Linda, and I'm, I guess Teddy, because I'm a fucking gross schlub. <laughs> Yeah, I see it. I see it. I'll tell you what. What uh, 
TV show's movie actually wound up being really good was, uh, and this might be the nostalgia talking, but the Rugrats movie. Because that actually featured, like, them getting fucking lost in the woods and then, uh, like, journeying to get back home to their parents versus, like, a normal episode of Rugrats, which was just like, hey, there's this weird thing that's happening because we're babies and we have no idea what it is. Instead, they were actually in mortal fucking danger for, <laughs> during the entire run length of the movie. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, well, I guess they did do the, the all grown up series, but like, I want to have like, a, a, like an, an adults series of Rugrats where it's just Angelica in like, uh, a padded cell and like the doctors are treating her, but cause like she still hallucinates that she sees the Rugrats babies. Uh, and it's the fan theory that yeah. they were all dead the whole time. Which is one of those the most wild fan theories I've ever heard about a show ever. Like, why would a child be hallucinating that uh, all these other children were killed? Yeah. Well, because she had no friends. And, uh, were not killed, but actually alive. I guess. I can't imagine why, though, based off of uh, how horrible her, her character is. Uh, I don't know. It, but, like, that was, like, part of the fan theory is that, like, Phil and Lil are twins because, like... The, the baby was stillborn, so Angelica never knew the sex of the baby. Wild shit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick off the show the way we do every week uh, with a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. So what do you have there, Dan? All right. So... Uh, I want to preface this. Uh, I went to the food line uh, yesterday and discovered that there are uh, a bunch of Mountain Dew Baja flavors that I didn't know existed. So there's uh, Mountain Dew Baja Gold and Mountain Dew uh, Mango something else. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Uh, and of course, regular Baja Blast. So I got all three. And so I'm drinking a Baja Blast with some Tito's vodka and uh, the mix is off. So, not great. What is what is ba, what is Baja Gold? Uh, Baja Gold is Mountain Dew with a blast of natural and artificial pineapple flavor. Yeah. See, be be more brave, uh, PepsiCo, and make Mountain Dew Acapulco Gold, and it just has weed in it. Just, you know, PepsiCo, just start selling weed. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have uh, Coca-Cola is the cocaine soda and uh, Pepsi is the the weed soda. Those will get the we'll get cocaine and, and weed legalized almost immediately if we get a big company behind them. That's true. Uh, I'm drinking a Carolyn's Irish cream, which uh, for my money is better than Bailey's Irish cream. Uh, it's also like a third of the price. I like hearing that. All right. Uh, and that'll bring us over into the news segment. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, I'll let you kick this off, Dan. Tell me about Glass Onion. 
All right, so Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery is the new title for the Knives Out sequel. Still no word if it will be released wide in theaters. Uh, so let's talk about it. I I hate the subtitle, A Knives Out Mystery. I, I get why they're doing it, because they need to keep the SEO of Knives Out. Like, if you Google Knives Out sequel, it's still there for you. Like, you'll see Glass Onion, and like or like when you go to the marquee and you're like, a Knives Out mystery. Oh, I remember Knives Out. I like that movie. So I get why they're doing it. Uh, mm. But I hate the Star Wars nomenclature. Don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Rogue One, colon, a Star Wars story. Glass Onion, colon, a Knives Out mystery. Why not just call it Knives Out, colon, Glass Onion? Well, so apparently, and I must have missed this, but uh, Knives Out was one of the books that Harlan had written for Mm -hmm. it, like it in the first movie. So they called it knives out based off of something he had done. Uh, and of course now, like I'm sure they would go back and be like, uh, Benoit Blanc colon knives out or something like that. And then like the next movie would be Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Benoit balls, uh, colon glass onion, you know, (laughs) to keep that kind of thing going. But uh, they fucked up. They didn't. They, they didn't realize they were going to do a sequel to it, and now they've done a sequel to it and uh, can't change it. I don't know the the movie Doctor Sleep. Like everybody understands that that's a sequel to The Shining. Like everybody understands that a movie called Quantum of Solace is the sequel to a movie called Casino Royale. You're not wrong. I mean, also, we had the, what, fucking Murder on the Orient Express in, like, Mm -hmm. 2017, and then uh, Death on the Nile just came out this year, and uh, I think people understood that that was a sequel. I also don't know if anybody actually watched Death on the Nile. I doubt it. I don't think anybody's watching any movies Or Murder on the Orient Express. That's true. (sighs) No, There are no movies to enjoy anymore. Movies are dead. Uh, Here comes podcasting. So... Uh, whenever I was watching the Bob's Burgers movie, leading into the movie, like there was a little stinger with uh, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard talking about, you know, the joy of getting back to the movie theater and like, you know, come see our movie because it's in theaters. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that Bryce Dallas Howard said, if you're going to take your family to the movies this summer. Jurassic World Dominion is a movie to see. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think I think they're done. I think I think they're released from their contracts. They just don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. So there's like, eh, who like, gives a shit? Like, I th- I think she probably said it's the movie to see, and like that's probably what they wanted her to say. But my brain picked it up as it's a movie that you can see in the theaters. You don't have to. But, you know, it's sitting there. It's there. What else are you going to do? Sit at home and watch yeah. streaming services instead of going to the movie theater? Yeah, what are you going to do? Continue to quarantine with your mask? You coward. I don't know. I feel like people are sick of quarantining, quite honestly. I don't know. Fucking shit's so wild. Like, I go out somewhere with my mask on and, like, Everybody looks at me like I just like pulled my dick out. 
You know, I used to see people with masks in public when I would watch like Twitch streams of like Asian events or like Chinese events or like Japanese or Korean events. And now I I look at the and I was like, man, that's really weird. Why are they wearing masks in public? And then uh, COVID happened. I'm like, oh, that's why people are fucking disgusting. Yeah, like there's a fucking. There's a fucking person in our main review movie that they call Shitfinger. People are gross. People are disgusting. Uh, I don't know. There's not much else to say about the Knives Out thing. We still don't like the, the theater thing is going to be the last domino to fall. We'll we should know sometime. Probably around September if this is coming to theaters. Uh, if it doesn't come to theaters, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who are going to have fucking strokes about it. I think it should, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it if it doesn't. In our next story, Squid Game is real? In a move signaling a further dystopia, Netflix is offering a 4.56 million cash money dollar prize for the winner of the real-life competition show. Uh, what the fuck is this? It's what it says. They So, they're trying to build on IP. So they're like, hey, this Squid Game game show idea has has legs. Let's do it. Not realizing that Squid Game was like a cautionary tale against this kind of thing in the first place. Yeah. So so I don't know what someone's doing. Like this feels out of touch. And I don't mean out of touch of like this shouldn't be happening at all. It's just like I don't mind the game show idea. I just mind it being branded as Squid Game considering what the show is entirely about. Yeah, like the the show is like dystopian, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um satire, like it's a satire of like greed and late stage capitalism uh so now doing like a reality competition show based on that is like horribly tone deaf and that's uh that's my problem with it Uh, otherwise it's like i i get what they're doing they're trying to iterate on the ip now of course the way you actually iterate on the ip is to just take it global because they you know they even set it up for that in at the end of the first season with like the the millionaire guys or like the billionaire guys who are like yeah uh, we're just doing this you know we came from these other games or like I'm very excited for this Korean edition of the of the the games you know and you know put put something in the United States or like something like Europe or anywhere just go literally go anywhere and, mm-hmm. and make a, a series based on the show or like make a new adaptation of the of the series. <sighs> so stupid. Am I out of touch? No. It's the it's, 99% that are wrong. It's the children who are wrong. And then I don't know, I hate to go out on like a sad note, but uh so there was a car crash involving um the crew from a, a Netflix series in production called The Chosen One, uh, that left six people injured and two actors dead. Uh, and production has been suspended. So, I don't really know a lot of the details beyond that, but... 
the two actors that were killed were uh, Raimundo uh, Garduno uh, Cruz and Juan Francisco Gonzalez Aguilar. So uh, un- mm-hmm. unfortunate that there that anything happened. Uh, SAG AFTRA says they're putting in an investigation regarding this. I don't know. It just says uh, the van, the production van flipped. I don't know what happened from from that. Uh, nothing's really been released details wise, but the production van flipped and, you know, those two lost their lives, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know. Whenever like this first happened, I saw a thing on uh, on Reddit about it and it was like. Two two people dead after accident involving cast and crew from uh, Netflix series like no word on if it's going to halt production and all the comments were like, well, yeah, probably. Yeah, right. Like, why wouldn't it? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't like that the Netflix got thrown into it immediately. Like, it just feels like it's a, hey, this was Netflix's fault. This happened. Got a headline like. Yeah, uh, I, I I mentioned it with Casey Moore, but it feels like there's like a dogpiling effect on Netflix right now. Like any bad news that they can attribute to Netflix, they will. Like, I know you have to report the news, but like to say, oh, a, a production for a Netflix show, uh, you know, people died on it. I was like, oh, OK, well, that's. Awful, but, you know, do you have to say it like that? Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all of the news. So, Dan, why don't we get into some trailers over in downstream? Baby, I can't control the Internet. Uh, and our first trailer this okay this week is for Boo Bitch. Uh, get out the way, uh, Boo Bitch. Something bitchy this way comes. The new steer- series starring Lana Condor comes to Netflix on July eighth. Uh, over the course of one night, a high school senior who's lived her life safely under the radar seizes the opportunity to change her narrative and start living an epic life, only to find out the next morning. She's a motherfucking ghost. Uh, so Dan, what did you think? Uh, could be okay. Uh, it's a limited series, so uh, I, I'm waiting for the the comment, of course, which will say, I can't wait for Netflix to cancel this after one season. Uh, good news, it's already been canceled after one season because this is the only season it's getting. Uh, it reminds me a lot of um, Afterlife of the Party. Yeah, that's true. Except in a serialized form, uh, with uh, not Victoria Justice, Lana Condor instead, uh, still milking the fact that she can apparently play a high schooler, despite the fact that I think she's approaching thirty. Yeah. Oh, she's only twenty-five. She can she can play fucking uh, teenager still. It's fine. Yeah. Well, it's when you start getting to be Joe Keery's age. That's when you can't play the teenagers anymore. Well, only white people age bad. <laughs> like, I'm That's 35. True. I look like I'm about 900 years old. I mean, yes. Um, I'm going to call this to all the boys I've haunted. That's good. I like that. I don't know. I, it doesn't look like she's really. I mean, there's some popular guys that looks like she's trying to fuck. But, you know, otherwise, like, it looks like she's just like. 
letting out all the worst things that she's ever felt like, you know, because she instead of wanting to be like safe is now trying to be popular. Like apparently the way she can stave off uh, being dead forever is by being more popular in death than she was in life. Which is an interesting concept. Yeah, Afterlife of the Party and also like, I guess what what was that movie where it was like, was it like. I want to say good girls, but I don't think it was called good girl. It was like the movie. They were like smart. And was it called book smart book smart? Yeah. So it was like, oh, it's like the beginning of the trailer is like, oh, it's like book smart. Uh, and then Lana Condor dies. And I'm like, oh, it's it's not that. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be fine. It seems OK. Yeah. It could be fine and it seems OK. Uh, the next thing that could be fine is a trailer for Persuasion starring uh, Fifty Shades of Grey's Dakota Johnson. Uh, living with her snobby family on the brink of bankruptcy, Anne Elliot is an unconforming woman with modern sensibilities. When Fer- Frederick Wentworth, uh, the heir to J.G. Wentworth, the dashing one she wants to send cash now. <laughs> crashes back into her life and must choose between putting the past behind her or listening to her heart when it comes to second chances adapted from the Jane Austen novel. Uh, this is D- Dakota Johnson, the girl who got uh, railed and beaten in the red room in a PG movie. Uh, I wonder if her chemistry with the male lead will be any more convincing than in the 50 shades movies. Uh, apparently, I mean, apparently she's uh, a- an actual claimed actor who uh, somehow turned her career around faster than both Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson did after their fucking garbage can movies. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I've never really read Jane Austen, uh, but it looks again like it could be OK. You know. It, it it seems like it's supposed to be poking fun at things like it seems like it's kind of supposed to be a comedy, but also a romance drama, I guess. All right. Next trailer up is for beauty. Uh, a gifted young black woman struggles to maintain her voice and identity after she's offered a re- lucrative recording contract, setting off a fierce battle between her family, the label and her closest friend to determine who will guide her as she makes the journey to become a star. Starring Nisi Nash, Giancarlo Esposito, Gracie Marie Bradley and Sharon Stone. Beauty is written by Lena Waithe and directed by Andrew Dasunmu. This looks like it could be good. Dan, what did you think? It looks like it could be good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Not much else to really say about it from there. Just uh, a, a solid, a solid movie about like potential cautionary tales of like how becoming famous ru- changes who you are and ruins relationships you have. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, and our last trailer this week is for "Hello, Goodbye, and Everything in Between." Uh, after making a pact to break up before college, Claire and Aiden spend their last evening as a couple on one epic final date. Or uh, My dyslexia kicked in there for a second, sorry. Uh, as they retrace the steps of their relationship from their first hello and kiss to their first argument, uh, they edge towards a turning point in search of answers. Should they stay together or say goodbye forever? Hello, goodbye, and everything in between is a charming romantic comedy from the producers of To All the Boys franchise and based on the best-selling book by Jennifer E. Smith. Yep. 
Uh, I mean, that basically tells you what to expect in terms of tone to this, of, like, semi-comedic to uh, outright dramatic at points. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think? Eh, it looks all right. I don't know. It's not the the genre I usually care too much about, so but that's fine for people who do. Yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, it seems like a dumb high school thing that kids are like, oh, yeah, we'll get together. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll definitely break up before we go to college. And then uh, it's time for them to go to college, but they've grown too fond of each other. So now they have to fight over whether this stupid thing they said is uh, happening or not. And uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how this ends, but uh, all I know is that uh, high school kids are fucking stupid. That's true. In fact, it's, you know, pretty much anybody. Younger than like maybe mid twenties usually is is pretty dumb. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should <laughs> check our demographics before I make blanket statements. Uh, so while I check our demographics, let's move over into quick hits and talk about some stuff we watched this week. All right. Uh, well, I watched, I think I might have talked about it before a little bit, but I watched uh, the rest of Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special, uh, which is like the comedy special he recorded while he was uh, basically on his deathbed. Like nobody knew he was sick, but he just made the special just in case. But like, uh, I don't know. It's like if you know Norm MacDonald, you kind of know what to expect, but like, the really interesting thing about it is that he's doing it like for no audience. Like he's just talking by himself into a camera for like 50 minutes. Right. Uh, which like for a comedian, that sounds like hell. Uh, Cause like a lot of what the craft is, is like playing off the crowd and stuff. So it's, it's kind of like a weird artifact of comedy from that aspect. Cause it's like, it's not really like stand-up comedy. It's just like he he and that that's kind of always been Norm Macdonald's thing where like he um does the jokes that he wants and not necessarily the jokes that he even necessarily thinks will play well to the crowd. But he also knows how to like tell jokes to a crowd. So like he will like stop and give you time to laugh and stuff, but he's just like talking in a room by himself and then like you know <laughs> right he, he like, knows what's gonna be funny yeah but like also he he did it just like at his house it's like his dog comes in and like interrupts him and then there's like cars driving by and shit so i don't know it's just uh it's interesting but then at the end of it um like there's probably a good 20 minutes or so of uh it's David Letterman, uh, Dave Chappelle, Molly Shannon, Conan O'Brien, Adam Sandler, and David Spade just kind of talking about like their experiences with Norm and like about the special itself. So they're just like kind of all, all just hanging out together, just like bullshitting. And since uh, like David Letterman and Dave Chappelle are by far. <laughs> the most intelligent people in the room like yes they're leading the conversation <laughs> and then like occasionally sandler will chip in like yeah yeah norm was great 
we we love Sandler, but dear God, that man does not seem yeah. uh, like a well versed uh, conversationalist. Well, like, yeah, well, like that's the thing about Norm Macdonald is like he he was extraordinarily well read. Like he was one of the more intelligent comedians. Like despite just you know having a fucking weird shtick or whatever, but like like Dave Chappelle. And David Letterman, I would say, also are like more scholarly about the craft itself, whereas like uh, Sandler and like David Spade came up through Saturday Night Live, and like Adam Sandler's whole shtick was like every every character he did was like something man or whatever boy, so he was like opera man, and he would just like repeat what people said, like singing operatically. And, like, it's funny. Or he would just do a funny voice. It's like, you know. Not yeah. to, like, shit on Adam Sandler. Like, I, there's been things he did that were legitimately, like, piss funny to me. But, you know. Yeah, he just had a different style to him. And I must have been in some kind of mood this week. Because the other thing I watched was Snoop Dogg's fucking around comedy special. Uh, produced by Netflix is a joke. Yes. I don't know. It's a, pretty much what uh what I thought it would be, I guess. Um it's like Snoop Dogg hosts and then like uh a bunch of friends of his that are stand up comedians come up and, and each do like a little bit. It's like Snoop comes out, he talks for a little bit, he does a couple songs, uh, and then he has like Cat Williams comes out, uh, and, like, Cat Williams was hysterical because he just, like, kind of sprinted around the stage for, like, a minute and a half, just, like, looking around and, like, like he was doing parkour moves or something. And it was like, what the fuck is he doing? And he's like, well, you know, in comedy these days, you got to watch yourself. So, like, I'm just showing, like, <laughs> my moves in case one of you tries to rush the stage. You Like, you're going to get fucked up. <laughs> Oh, so, so like they, th that clearly happened like right after the Chappelle yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's in the the Today Times, but yeah, they make a lot of jokes about like you know if somebody <laughs> and not just Cat Williams, it's like everybody else kind of throughout the whole thing is like somebody comes and runs up and tries to tackle me, you're gonna get fucked up, right? They'd Cat Williams. He's he's always hysterical. Um. They had uh, D. Ray Davis, who was pretty, pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, I don't know if I've really seen him in too much before, or at least like in a stand-up capacity. Like I've seen him in in movies and shit, right? But but he was good. Um, Mike Epps was in it, um, and then uh, the one that I thought was actually like really good like that I didn't expect was Donnell Rawlings, who you might know as Ashy Larry. Yes. <laughs> from Chappelle's show. I remember him. Uh was just like super dirty and super fucking hysterical. Um so I don't know, it's it's a good it's good. It was a good use of my time. Well I'm happy for you. I don't know. It's uh it's a five out of ten on IMDB, but you know it's a comedy special. It's a comedy so. special. Like, like if if you have a critically acclaimed comedy special, there's a problem. 
Yeah. Uh, they they do comedy specials because they're cheap. Incredibly cheap. Especially this one, because, like, if it's just from their festival, like, they already paid them to do the festival, and then they're just using the footage from the festival... Correct. ...to, to put yeah. on their platform. <laughs> All the people that... Uh, you know, come and do their little bits and stuff. Like they'll, uh, they'll sit down with Snoop Dogg after, and you know, just shoot the shit for a few minutes. And like, <laughs> whenever they sit down to talk to Snoop Dogg, like he fucking is like, "Hey, I got, I got you this joint that I rolled up for you. Like, thanks for, thanks for coming here tonight." <laughs> Uh, all my homies love Snoop, the man who's openly smoked weed for the last 30 years and has, uh, to my knowledge, never been arrested for smoking weed. Yeah. Well, and that's what uh, he was even talking about. It Like, I think it was when he was talking to Cat Williams, because like uh, he would be, you know, doing a music video or something and he would like turn his back to the camera and it's because he had a fucking <laughs> cheat sheet for his lyrics in his hand that he had to read real quick because <laughs> he was so fucking high he couldn't remember his own shit. Right. <laughs> Which is pretty legendary. It's pretty fantastic. So, uh, what about you? What did you watch? Uh, I watched uh, two more episodes of uh, Warrior Nun. So this is, uh, again, the show about the girl who was dead uh, and then has a, a holy relic, uh, a halo, put into her back uh, that uh, revives her and uh, brings her back to life. Accidentally, of course, they never anticipated this. So uh, it's about her, again, it's about her coming to terms with the fact that she has to be this holy warrior for the Catholic Church. Why did they put it in her back? So the thought was, was because there was a bunch of dudes coming for the halo, so they didn't want them to be able to find it, so they just shoved it in her back. Not knowing, like, it would, you know, revive her and uh, give her, uh, like, all the abilities of a halo bearer, as well as being able to uh, uh, walk again and such. Because, again, she was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, uh, that's it. It it was just, like, a out of pure desperation and, like, oh, this seems like a good idea as people are coming to murder me. Huh. So, uh, the fifth episode was just setting up some shit, uh, and then, uh, someone gets murked at the end of it, and it was uh, kind of a shock who it was, because it's like, oh, this person is gonna be, you know, a big antagonist in season two, whenever, uh, everything finally gets, uh, gets taken care of. Turns out that's not fucking happening, or it's happening in a different way. Uh, and then the sixth episode, it was it just focused on two characters, uh, our our, our uh, main character, Ava, uh, who slowly comes around to the fact that she needs to help the church in, in her own time. And uh, Shotgun Mary, who is not really an official part of the church, like she's not really a nun, like she never took the vows, but she helps them because uh, she feels like it's the right thing to do. So... Uh, it, it's basically like, Ava, this could be you. Like, you could be a halo bearer who doesn't necessarily have to be with the church, but is on the same side as the church. So it's in it's interesting from that perspective. Hmm. I'll let you guys know more as I finish the series. I'm hoping to finish it this week, but uh, 
season two comes out in August, I believe it is. So I'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Uh, unless like this horribly shits the bed within the next four episodes. Well, all right then. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's it's one that I missed and never just really had much of an interest in circling back on. So maybe you'll be able to convince me. Maybe I will. Uh, probably probably not though. Uh, that's it. That's all I watched this week. I tried to watch fucking Jackass two and a half, but Ashley went, "No, I'm vetoing this," and I just went, "Oh, okay." Well, well, shit. She sucks. Uh, someone save me. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, why don't we get into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our featured review, Spiderhead. Uh. Starring what I can only assume is the last remaining Hemsworth brother. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, the Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time for our main view topic for the week. Spiderhead. Uh, Spiderhead is a brand new action crime drama film on Netflix. Uh, a paltry 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. In the near future, convicts are offered a chance to volunteer as medical subjects to shorten their sentence. One such subject for a new drug capable... Wait. One such subject for a new drug capable of generating feelings for of love begins questioning the reality of his emotions. Okay. That was not a well-constructed sentence. No. Uh, as directed by Joseph Kaczynski, uh, as the poster says, he's the director of Top Gun Maverick and Tron Legacy. Uh, stars Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller, uh, and Journey Smollett. Smollett? Smollett? Smollett. Okay. I was trying to church it up. Yeah, it happened. You're allowed. So, uh, what did you think of Spiderhead? Uh, I think it's a solid movie. I, I think 5.5 is a little too low, uh, but I will say that I was expecting, based off of everything, something a bit more heady, more visually interesting going into it, uh, and then seeing what I saw, it, it felt like there was something left on the table in terms of the actual production. But overall, still an enjoyable enough time. Yeah, I feel about the same. I don't know, they had some interesting ideas here that I feel uh, have been explored more completely elsewhere. Yeah. It's pretty decent. A lot of it is like, uh, you know, what does it mean to to find redemption and to accept the the pain of your past and and move on from it so uh that's like the the main character that's like his big arc uh and then 
you know, around that is just uh, this mad scientist plot. Uh, Chris Hemsworth actually is is acting pretty fucking hard in this movie. Uh, he does he does villain well. He does smarmy dickhead well. Uh, he can't always be, you know, the god of thunder. And uh, I liked it. Yeah, uh, I actually did like him quite a bit in in this role. I thought I actually feel like this is one of his strongest roles. Because, like, you know, when you think of acting, uh, like, you're thinking of, like, believability and, like, you just you just kind of, like, sort of see right through him right away. Like, you know, there's something just up with him, like, just in his entire demeanor. But, like, it, it you realize that, like, what choice do these prisoners have? Because they're all there on, like, life sentences or, like, long fucking sentences. Like, they're 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 trading their bodies and their mind and their their emotional states in order to uh, be freed from prison much more quickly than they are mm-hmm. or more than they were so like you as you discover throughout the movie that he's, he's just taking advantage of that or is he because uh some other revelations come up towards the end where it's like oh he's not taking it he's he is taking advantage of it to a degree but not in the way you thought he was right no, Miles Teller is fine in this. It's, I don't think he's doing anything particularly s- special. Uh, same with Journey Smollett. Like, uh, like she has like one solid scene towards the end of the movie where mm-hmm. it's finally revealed what what happened to her and how she uh, came to Spiderhead in the first place, which is the actual name of the penitentiary. So it's not like it's you know something I stupid. It, I thought Spiderhead specifically was the name of like the control center. Where they actually do the experiments? Uh, possibly. Or, I don't know if it was meant to be, like, the the whole facility. I don't know. Well, I thought I saw a sign that said Spiderhead Penitentiary, or Spiderhead Correctional Facility and oh, Research yeah. Lab, or something Sp- like that. Yeah, that's true. I'm wrong. It's a, it happens. I was wrong last week, you're wrong this week. Uh, next week, neither of us will be wrong. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know, there's... There's there's kind of layers to what's going on, and uh, I don't know, it's interesting, but, like, if you can't tell that uh, Chris Hemsworth's the bad guy in the first, like, couple minutes, then uh, you should watch more movies. Um, so, yeah, basically, like, they're all, all the inmates at this place are part of, like, pharmaceutical trials. Uh, they have, like, a medical injection device like attached at the small of their back that like i guess pumps these different psychoactive drugs directly into their spinal column yeah it's like a like an insulin pack like in roughly the same spot where you'd find an insulin pack on somebody yeah but and then there's like um you know five different cartridges that'll go in there for like different things they're testing people on uh and then like that links up to a smartphone app uh and like there's like a a touch like a you know a wheel like an iPod wheel where you can select how much of a dose they get of like the different uh drugs that they're testing yeah and then they see how you react to it so there's one that's like uh like the one that they're testing i forget what they call it but it's like 
uh, the designation for it is N40, and it's like love, love, lavectin or something. Something like you know, that. They come up with like like pharmaceutical names for them, but it's like you know causes you to kind of trip out and think everything's wonderful and beautiful and like the people that you're with, you like you love them and stuff. So it, it creates that feeling. Uh, there's uh, verb. Verbalace, verbalace, yep. something like that. Um, which like it's kind of truth serum-y. Like it makes you uh more articulate. So like they will, you know, do these trials and then hit you up with that to like get you to describe your your experience in vivid detail. You know what that'd be great um, for? Podcasters. Yeah, that's true. And it also gives them an excuse to like write seemingly unrealistic dialogue. Like it, it feels like whenever they go, when they start taking that drug, like especially Miles Teller, like he, it's like he starts talking like he's in an Aaron Sorkin script. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like he's almost playing a second character in this. Yeah, because there's uh, there's normal Jeff, and then there's the better Jeff. What the fuck else do they have? They have uh, one that induces fear. So, like, you know, people are screaming, like, get that thing away from me. And it's like a stapler sitting on the desk. Yeah, it's like a, a fucking paperclip. Yeah. And then there's uh, the one that, like, causes you to have intense, like, psychotic episodes that, like, y- you know, you're in pain and, like, frantically seeking escape uh and become like very destructive and it's uh, horrifying and then there's another one but it's a spoiler it is a spoiler so uh i don't know there's not much else i want to say regarding uh non-spoiler stuff but uh yeah it's a it's a solid movie you're it's not gonna break the world like it's probably gonna be the most watched movie on netflix this this week because it's a new movie on netflix that stars chris hemsworth and miles teller from uh two from one of the more highly anticipated movies of the summer and like the top grossing movie of the year so like people are gonna watch this uh there was complaints online of people uh, from like film twittery people be like why isn't netflix marketing this movie uh and unfortunately i feel like with a 5.5 out of 10 on imdb you know why they weren't marketing this movie but uh, i'm not saying it's a bad movie i'm saying uh it's it's probably a little underrated but still it's one of those movies that like if you don't watch it i i think your life is gonna be just okay all right so with that let's get into spoilers let me just play the ending for you no no i don't want to see how it ends Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play of a bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right. Uh, so, uh, they're doing... God, it's going to drive me crazy that I can't think of like what the actual drug name is. It's uh, uh what's the one that like is the horrifying uh, like... the horrifying one is I16 or uh Drosaflex or so, uh, Drosaflex something like that. Dro- Drosaflex. It's yeah, it's something like that. Uh I don't know. I kept 
I kept wanting to say Remulax or Remulac, but that's the fucking planet from Coneheads. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, like, basically, like, they're testing this love serum. They they make uh, Miles Teller fuck these two girls. And then they're seeing if, like, it created an actual love feeling or if it was just, like, a temporary effect of the drug. Right. So it's like, hey, we're going to inject them with this shit that you were part of the trial for, you know, and have basically PTSD about. Uh, and, you know, tell us how you feel about that so we know if you're still in love with them. Uh, and, of course, he doesn't want to do it at all because, you know... It's horrifying, and he's experienced it. Um, so whenever they like inject, give you any injections, like you have to, like basically say yes to it. It's like, it's like we're we're gonna start your drip. Acknowledge, and they're like acknowledge. So like, they they dose up this this one girl. Uh, with it and like they give him the the verbalase uh, so that he's like describing what's happening uh, this girl starts to freak out uh, and she like slams her injection pack against the wall while she's freaking out uh, and damages it uh, which becomes a running theme in the movie because apparently these things are extremely fragile uh, and if you bump them a little bit then uh you know, they just start injecting you with everything all at once. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they uh, sort of set that up a little bit, being like, "Hey, be careful with your your packs. Like, don't like when when he was having yeah. sex with the one girl. Like, be careful with like with like the sexy stuff because you'll you'll break the packs, and we don't we can't have that." Yeah. Uh, so she's like super dosed, and they can't like turn it off. Like they can't turn off the drip, so she's like losing her shit. Uh, and ends up like breaking a chair and stabbing it through her throat and killing herself. Uh, so Chris Hemsworth freaks out and is like running in to like, you know, try to stop her slash like save her after she stabs herself in the throat with a broken chair. Uh, he watches her him kill his own mother with a broken lawn chair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, stupid, stupid reference. Um, so, like, yeah, Jeff's left alone in this room, uh, so he, like, starts going through some shit, and he sees, like, a letterhead that says Abnesti Pharmaceuticals or whatever the fuck, so he's like, oh, Chris Hemsworth, like, isn't an employee, like, there's no board of directors that are telling him to do this, it's his company. He's just doing it to us. Uh, and also, he finds a bingo card uh, that has a bunch of gold stars over over the spaces. So, like, I-16 is, like, the the psychotic, like, nightmare drug. Yep. Uh, and there's, like, a gold star over I-16. And then, like, N-40 is the love compound. And it's, like, so he's just fucking naming drugs after, like spots on a bingo card uh and there's a spot on it that's uncovered called b6 which you know is one of the ones that he's seen in the thing uh so he's like what the fuck is b6 because they never talk about it um 
it's like you know he kind of confronts uh chris hemsworth's assistant about it and is like hey you know what's b6 i know what you're doing like you're full of shit uh and he says like so like basically this is the the pivots like the full point of them being there in the first place is to test compound b6 because originally he's like it's a placebo right uh, but what it turns out to actually be is uh a mind control like compliance drug uh so the reason that you know they always say yes to participating in all the trials uh is because b6 is like getting them to be compliant and go along with stuff mm-hmm. Uh, which like the one, the one fault in it is that you like things that are against your core personality, like you'll reject. Uh, so like, you know, they're, they're all criminals. They're there because like they did something terrible. So like, um, you know, he's not going to like drive drunk again. Cause that's how like he ended up killing his girlfriend and best friend in a drunk driving accident. It's like, that's the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to him. It's like, they can't mind control him to relive his darkest moment, basically. But that's what they're trying to get to in terms of the drug. Right. And that's why it didn't have a, you know, a stamp over it. Like it was, it wasn't complete yet or whatever. So the, the thing with the bingo card and the, him discovering the fact that you know, Chris Hemsworth is just the guy. There's no board or anything like we get like a little scene where Chris Hemsworth like fucks off to like uh, the the break room to talk to Journey Smollett for like five minutes. And you're like, wow, what a weird scene. But then you're like, oh, contextually, this makes sense because he's just making it seem like he's off killing time while pretending to go to this like protocol committee. But it just turns mm-hmm. out it's, it's like, nope, uh, my scientific method says I have to do this shit. But like. That happens 45 minutes into the movie, which is kind of wild for this movie to just decide that it wants to do that reveal that early into the movie. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they don't really... Like, as obvious as it is, like, they don't really give uh, Chris Hemsworth a shot at not being the bad guy, so... Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, From there... Jeff gets his assistant to, like, betray Chris Hemsworth. So, like, they start dosing him with the the crazy shit. Uh, And, like, the mind control serum and shit. So, like, Jeff is telling him, you know, do this, do that. But then he's like, you know, call the cops and, like, you know, give a confession. But he won't do that because it's like... That's that's the one thing, like, he won't kill the one thing that he's loved, which is his work. So, like, he's able to resist that. Uh, they fight for a little bit. The, the most unbelievable part of this movie is that Miles Teller has any shot in a fight against Chris Hemsworth. That's true. <laughs> uh, Miles Teller and Journey Smollett manage to slip away. Uh, Chris Hemsworth says to like all the the doped up inmates like, hey, uh, these people are trying to escape. Uh, you have to go kill them. So like everybody in the facility is trying to get them. 
Uh, they fight their way out, and then uh, like the cops are coming, and and Chris Hemsworth escapes on a plane, and uh, Miles Teller escapes on a boat, uh, and then uh, during the fight, like Chris Hemsworth's like injection pack because he's he does it too, like he he doses himself out with shit, like he's getting high on his own supply. Uh, so his pack gets all fucked up after they, you know, put all the crazy psycho drugs in it. Uh, so it's glitching out, and he's, like, trying to escape, fly away in the plane, and uh, crashes it right into some mountains and dies. Yeah, it was. I thought that was a, a neat ending. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, uh, not much else to say. Like I said, I, I expected more. I expected this to be, you know, crazier with visuals or, you know, more heady than it was, you know. But uh, instead, it turns out it was very kind of just straightforward and uh, ultimately just about, like, very simply, you know, what what signing away your rights does to uh, somebody who's in the 1% and doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know what to compare it to. I was going to say, like, the only, like, psychological thriller thing I can think of is, like, Memento, I guess. But, like... Right. It It's, like, something, like, it's going for that level of, like, heady psychological thriller, but it's, like, uh, like, first year of film school equivalent of that. <laughs> I don't know. It, like, it's competently made, and it's, you know, it's not bad or anything, but... It just, uh, I don't know. I feel like it uh, reaches for something better than what it was ever going to be. So. Yeah, it's true. Uh, And that's it. It's a fine movie, and I enjoyed it. All right. uh, So with that, it's time to talk about uh, the second thing, Caleb. It's uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Eraser. All right, uh, Eraser is a 1996 action crime thriller film, uh, 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. A witness protection specialist becomes suspicious of his co-workers when dealing with a case involving high-tech weapons. Uh, this is directed by Chuck Russell, stars Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Vanessa Williams, and James Caan. Uh, Dan, I don't think you've seen this before, so what did you think? So... <laughs> This is a, a 1996 movie, and um, boy, it feels like a 1996 movie. I'll tell you that. Also, but also, it feels like one of those like trapped in time, like hey, we've been working on this script since like the fucking 80s kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, so it has like all that not like super corny, campy DNA attached to it, where you're like, ah, oh, yeah, this is fucking, this is fucking stupid as fuck. This is the dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen. But you enjoy it because it's the dumbest fucking movie you've ever seen. (laughs) Um, I don't know. You can watch the trailer for this movie and like basically get the gist of it. Like, I feel like this was kind of towards the end of like what I would call the golden age of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Uh, It's like it's it's very much like that, but it's like kind of a lesser version of that. But still, still not bad. Um, so it's just him being unstoppable action man uh, who kills a bunch. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, so much so that he shoots the fucking glass at a zoo and fucking alligators pour out and he yeah. he, he like shoots one in the in the mouth. Instead yeah, it of was like eaten. early, you know, CGI of like these crocodiles chomping boys. It's like, yeah, the effects aren't quite there yet, but we're gonna have these fully CG like fucking things. Yeah. I mean, it looked better than anything that fucking uh, the Asylum has done in terms of CG. So, you know, for being 20 years after that or before that, you know, good, good, good enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So he he's a witness per protection. Uh, so he's a, a U.S. Marshal. Yep. Uh, in, you know, works with with WITSEC, the witness protection program. Um. So, like, the beginning of the movie, uh, he's rescuing, uh, what's the dude's name? Oh, fuck. I, I can't remember. I don't know. There's, like, a, there's, like, a mobster who, um, like, flipped on his boss. Yep. And is gonna testify. So, like, there's people coming to kill him. So, like, he, he shows up and, you know, extracts him from the situation. And, like has a couple bodies from the morgue that he, you know, throws in the house and, like, puts their clothes on him and, like, uh, sets the fucking, like, house on fire. So, like, they find these burned bodies and <laughs> he goes in the computer because, like, it's the 90s and computers could do anything. Yep. Uh, he, like, swaps the dental records. So it's like, good news, you're you're dead. Like, you don't have to worry about the mob coming to kill you. So like that comes up later on because the guy's like, anything you need, I'll I'll I'm there for you. I'll do it. And like, he's just like, I just need you to shut the fuck up and like lay low until trial. Right, like you're supposed to do in witness protection. Yeah, and quit. You know, going to your favorite hangouts. <laughs> well, the the real question is, why are they in the same city? I don't know that they were. Well, I mean, if he's going to, like, get, you know, food from a restaurant, like, why? I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. He was he was at least close enough that, yeah, he could go to his favorite restaurant. Yeah, like, the, but... the, one, the one Asian lady he took uh, that he witnessed protected uh, went from fucking San Francisco to New York City. So, yeah. like... That's that's pretty good. Like that's that's a pretty good fucking distance. Like just do that for everybody. Yeah. There's a <laughs> There's an actor in this movie whose last name is Papa John, no relation. I mean, uh, we all, nobody out pizzas the hut, but uh we need it we need somebody who says little Caesar or who is little Caesar cuz yeah. they they out pizza the hut. I don't know. Uh it's it's a dumb movie. It stars uh, Vanessa Williams, I think is her name, mm -hmm. uh, who was a former Miss USA slash America. I know there's a difference. I don't know which one she was, but she was a beauty pageant yeah. Uh, woman. Yeah, and I think um, she ended up getting the title taken from her because, yeah, she was the first African-American Miss America. Mm -hmm. um, and like while she was Miss America... Uh, somebody leaked like nude photos of her. Oh no! 
uh, and like they published them without her consent in Penthouse Magazine. So they took away the crown, which is fucked up. Because this was, you know, uh, the eight, uh, the 80s and she was a black woman. It's like, uh, you know, you were naked one time and people took pictures and, and therefore you're a bad person. Uh, whereas, like, if something like that happened today, like, the world would fucking rally around her. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we talked about it last week, too, with the uh, the fappening and, and how, like, people are starting to come around to the fact that, like, we should care more about internet security than women taking naked photos of themselves. Yeah. So this was, like, part of uh, Vanessa Williams, like, rebuilding herself after her. that had happened. Yeah. Uh, we got James Kahn, who is like excellent at being a dickhead. Like he's true. He like he shows up as uh, an FBI agent in this that works with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's like, oh, you can tell he's gonna be the bad guy. That's true. I also another thing that I really like about this movie is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is credited as Eraser, uh, despite having a real name in the movie. Yeah, John. John something. Yeah. I can't remember what it what it was, but Ashley was like John Kruger. His name's John again, and she went down a rabbit hole and found that Arnold Schwarzenegger has uh five roles where he is named John in his life. Hmm. Which isn't a lot, but it's suspicious that he has five John names in in uh yeah. in, in his lifetime. And he also helped protect John Connor. True. I don't know. John is the most popular, like, white person name, I guess. You're not wrong. But it it is out of the ordinary. I'm not going to say it's weird, but it's out of the ordinary. Hmm. Sabotage. That was a newer movie. He was John Breacher Wharton. I'm just looking through, because now you got me curious. So he was John Kruger in this. John G. Nicolay in Lincoln, a TV movie. He was a voice, did voice work, apparently. I don't know what that is. It's Detective John Kimball. <laughs> and now every time I hear Detective John Kimball, I go, I just think back to the Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboards of the early, like, <laughs> meme internet. I'm Detective John Kimball. I'm a copy idiot. Good morning. See who's now. I'm going to ask you a bunch yeah. of questions, and I want them <laughs> answered immediately. Uh, he was John Matrix in Commando, huh? Yeah, he's been a few Johns. Yeah, it's again. It's not like it's super strange, but it's just like, huh? That's a weird anecdote that he's been John like that many times in his acting career. All right. Uh, so here's another <laughs> fun fact about this movie. Uh, a sequel came out this year. I saw or a that. Reboot? I, I heard I heard it was a reboot and not yeah. a sequel. So I found this on IMDB. Uh this came out this year, and now it's our quest to try to find it and watch this fucking shitty movie. Uh it's called Eraser Colon Reborn. Uh the IMDB description of it is it is based on U.S. Marshal Mason Pollard, who is specialized in engineering the fake deaths of witnesses that leaves no trace of their existence. 
so it's it's available for streaming for five bucks. Wait, mm. it's on. It's a Warner Brothers thing. So why is it? Is this on HBO Max? It's on Prime Video. A digital Blu-ray. On June set, dude. This literally just came out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like like June seventh. Like this legitimately just like came out. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> it's a four point four out of ten on IMDb. I mean, I'm always down for some Patreon content. We could talk about yeah. this fucking piece of shit. I'm sure I could pirate this. Yeah, I'm a port. All right. Okay. So apparently, the plot of it, because he is still a U.S. Marshal in it, in it, but like, apparently, the plot is like, uh, he's taking a witness to Cape Town, South Africa, which, like, yes, it's cheaper to shoot there, but like. Why the fuck would a U.S. Marshal ever take somebody to South Africa because they're, like... Yeah, right. Jurisdiction, you know? Yeah, that uh, doesn't make any weird. sense. Uh, so I'm looking at it. Uh, this guy has done, like... The, the main actor has done 14 things. Uh, one of them was, <laughs> was, was Shadow Hunters, which was, I believe, a CW TV show. Yeah. Uh, so this is a top IMDb review for Eraser Reborn. Uh, Eraser colon Reborn, or more like ripped off and messed up, the movie is a total ripoff of Eraser starring Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Vanessa Williams. That's fantastic! The, the lack of self-awareness to that review is so good! Oh, <laughs> uh, that's incredible, uh, man. Fuck. That's so God. <sighs> Every now and then I'm reminded that like humans are are pretty neat. <laughs> it's like humans are the dumb world as fuck. Sucks. Everybody sucks, but like sometimes we're hilarious. I know. Uh, anyway, any any other thoughts on Eraser? No, like I said, it's just like this campy 96 movie. Like, apparently that's the theme that's going to happen for me over the next few weeks is just watching yeah. a, a lot of campy movies from 1996. You know, Mission Impossible last week, this week Eraser. Uh, who knows the following week? And then, of course, Independence Day. So, like, I don't know. It's just like a weird, weird time capsule i guess of like this yeah. is what people thought was good action i think yeah i don't know like the plot basically is that like vanessa williams is trying to testify against the company she worked for who are defense contractors uh it turns out that like they're also dealing like weapons to international terrorists including a new like highly advanced prototype which is uh a man portable uh, electromagnetic railgun uh, that can, you know, fire an aluminum slug at like near light speed, basically. We need to talk about that. They they use that weapon so many times in this movie, but like they never they hit him one time, I think, with it, and that's it. Like 
if it's shooting at like near light speed, it should be impossible for him to fucking dodge or for well, them to fucking miss. I, he doesn't. He never gets hit by it. He gets hit with like shrapnel from it because like the guys are also bad shots and he's moving. But like the thing that I find more interesting than the weapon itself is the optics that they're using because like they can just look through walls and see because like the weapon will just like shoot through walls and shit. Uh, so like but like they can see like the target's heart. And it's like, oh, I got him zeroed in. But also like because it's uh a mid 90s arnold schwarzenegger action movie it's stupid it's like whenever the optics are on you it has like a bright green like flashlight spot on your chest so it's like oh somebody's aiming at me i should move (laughs) before they pull the trigger uh but basically like the only reason they have electromagnetic rail electromagnetic rail guns in this movie that have like huge backpacks for the batteries for them uh because like that's that's the re- like that's the only complicated part of building a railgun is like making the power pack for it portable like we have the technology to do it but like we have functional railguns now but they're like ship mounted because yeah. they have to be plugged into the fucking like nuclear reactor aboard a battleship to be able to function Right, that's what they were saying too. Is like the I've I've heard of rail like Arnold at one point says I've heard of rail guns, but never one that wasn't mounted to a ship before. Yeah, this the smallest one is like on the deck of a ship. Yeah, something like that. But um, it's like they have these massive battery backpacks that they have to carry around. So of course, at one point, Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he's a big strong man, uh, is dual wielding these things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is the only reason that they made a movie about railguns is that he could have two of them. I mean, you gotta love when actors just want to just shove their dick and be like, look, look how strong I am. I am, I am the strongest man. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. They can like just shoot a car with it and it like explodes and flies up into the air. Now, of course we have to talk about the ending. Where uh, James Kahn doesn't die. Uh, he and, like, the Secretary of Defense, or, like, the Undersecretary of Defense, and, like, some other dude are, like, uh, indicted and appear before, uh, you know, federal court in order to testify against, um, or, or, or like, the face federal treason charges. Mm-hmm. And fucking Arnold and Vanessa Williams get into this van and then it blows up, and you're like, "Wait, what the fuck just happened?" And James Con and everybody get everybody else get it gets into the car, and then uh, it turns out that the guy that they had helping them uh, for the final act of the movie, uh, Arnold, that is, uh, is the driver, and like leaves them on some fucking train tracks, and then he calls mm-hmm. up James Con, and he's like, "Yo, you've been erased," because <laughs> he gets the, the car gets fucking cut in half and then explodes on the tracks because you know because the train kills them yeah Uh, the other part of that that was great is like the undersecretary of defense was like oh that was great work with you know planting the bomb in their van like chef's kiss we were like we had thousands of witnesses that you know we were nowhere near it at the time uh because like you know 
you can you have to be right next to the bomb to be able to like make it go off. Right. Uh and then James Conn's like, "What are you talking about? I thought that was you." <laughs> so it turns out so, like, that for, for some no reason, reason, yeah, for no reason, Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, "Oh, we'll just fake our own deaths here," and you know, I guess for for some reason. But yeah, and then he yeah. gets to say, "You've been erased," uh, and they freak out, and then they get run over by a train. Yeah, it was fantastic. Tremendous, tremendous, fucking tremendous movie. Uh, Probably will never watch again, but, you know, enjoyed my time with it because it's a 90s Arnold movie. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, this was, uh, this is one of the lesser ones of that era, but, like, it was sort of the end of his run of, like, pretty solid action movies. Like, he was still... At this time, I would say, like, the biggest star in the world. And then yeah. I think uh, I think after this, he did... Well, what the fuck was it called? Um, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines? No, before that... Um, I think, yeah, it's called The Sixth Day. Uh, in 2000, he... Yeah, it's called The Sixth Day. Uh, it was like right after The Matrix came out, I think. Uh, and that movie like basically ended the Arnold Schwarzenegger like action era. Let me see. Yeah, because I mean, like this was this was his like big run. Like I say, a big run. But like he did uh, Eraser, Jingle All the Way, and then Batman and Robin all in a row. Then he did oh, End yeah. of. Then End of Days, The Sixth Day, Collateral Damage, and then Terminator 3, The Run, uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, The Rundown, Around the World in 80 Days, The Kid and I. <laughs> so, oh, man. yeah. And then I, I'm assuming that was all because, and like, Around the World in 80 Days and The Kid and I were cameos, and also The Rundown was a cameo. So, like, his last real role before becoming, becoming the governor was... Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. That's true. And then he did an uncredited uncredited cameo in The Expendables because I guess he couldn't appear in a movie as a go. I don't know. But then, of course, you know, he comes back with The Expendables 2 and all that other shit. And then Terminator Dark Fate. I don't know. I Terminator Deep Fake. Yeah. I, I miss him to a degree. Uh, like, I miss that, like, wonderful time from like 1984 to like 1997 where Arnold Schwarzenegger like everything he touched people were going to see I don't know we'll always have his movies true so Mr. Freeze like he's Mm -hmm. the like the global authority on cryogenics yes why does he go by Mr. and not Dr. Uh, that's a tremendous question. I don't know. And he goes as Dr. Frick- Victor Freeze. Yeah. Why is Mr. Freeze? I don't understand. Hmm. Uh, if I went to medical school for eight years and then, uh, accidentally froze my wife in a tragic accident in the lab, uh, I would insist on being called doctor. He's a real doctor. 
Mr. Freeze is the only Batman villain who's not just like a psycho. Like he's a sympathetic character and like I feel like he's not explored enough. He was explored a lot in the Batman animated series, but like he hasn't been explored yeah. in actual film. Like he's just kind of like a car- like yeah. Arnold made him a cartoon, which is fine. That's what Joel <laughs> Schumacher wanted which to do. Which is fine. Like that movie is just like a Saturday morning cartoon come to life. Right. But I don't know. I want make us DC be bold. Make a solo Mr. Freeze movie. Or make like other Batman, but with Mr. Freeze instead of the Riddler. Hmm. Did, did you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger played the Terminator, the T-800 in a Guns N' Roses music video? I did not know that. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Okay. All right, uh, so next week on the show, we will be doing uh, Man vs. B, the Rowan Atkinson uh, limited series. So, again, oh, Christ. if you folks complain about it being canceled after one season, I will tell you this right now. It's a limited series. I don't want to hear from you. Uh, and on the back half of that, we'll be doing a patron request review for 365 days, this day, birth by sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm so fucking excited to watch man versus b you have no idea i i do have no idea yeah uh tell them stuff dan and if all that stuff doesn't satiate you uh you can go to netflix and swill.com it's your, your one-stop shop for all things netflix and swill which includes uh rabbit ears tv podcast which i'll be on this week to talk about under the banner of heaven a hulu limited series uh, Apple TV Plus, Two Peas on a Podcast is returning. Uh, Bjorn will start soon posting episodes. Uh, I think he's already recorded with you. He's determining what date to post them on. I hope it's not fucking Tuesday. Don't take our Tuesdays, Gerald. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but yeah. Uh, check out more, more content on the website if you like uh, podcasts. Uh, we love you, and uh, we know you'll love the podcasts we host as well. All right. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is how Liam and uh, Luke, is it Luke Hemsworth? No one knows. Uh, it's how, just uh, Hemsworth Brother 2 and yeah. Hemsworth Brother 3. That's <laughs> how they feel about uh, their brother not putting him in their movies. True. Uh, hey, also, really quick before we, before we leave. Uh, so, technically... Uh, the day of release of this podcast, Tuesday the uh, 21st, is the correct day to watch The Thing. Because it's the first day of summer, which means it's the first day of winter for the Southern Hemisphere, and they're in an, an- Antarctic base. Hmm, that's true. So yeah. So make sure you watch The Thing tonight, if you're listening to this on episode release date. Alright. Uh, and until next week... This is Caleb saying, uh, I don't know what's in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is, because that's from The Thing.
Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.